Hello and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Bible Challenge. My name is Jeremy Howard. I'm the pastor of Orchard Hills Bible Church in Payson, Utah, and I am walking through various Old Testament passages this year, providing some thoughts as a Bible Church pastor in conjunction with the curriculum that's called Come Follow Me, produced by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I'm following along with the schedule that uh, the Latter-day Saints are going through. And uh, we have come to the book of Deuteronomy for the week of May 16th through the 22nd. If you're you're a Latter-day Saint, you've been told to prepare by checking out Deuteronomy 6 through 8, Deuteronomy 15, Deuteronomy 18, Deuteronomy 29 and 30, and Deuteronomy 34. So th- this is the only week where you know, you'll be looking at the book of Deuteronomy in your Sunday school class. Do you call it Sunday school? We call it Sunday school around here. Not sure if you call it Sunday school, but uh, boy, that's a lot to cover in just one week. I love the book of Deuteronomy. It's my favorite Old Testament book. I especially love chapters 7 and 10, but really those first 10 chapters are, are really sweet, really, really good. Well, today we're going to look at two chapters, one that is in the list for the curriculum and another that isn't. And we'll begin in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18. We're going to go backwards and look at 13 here in a bit, but we'll start with uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18. And we'll start in verse 9. The heading in my Bible says, Spiritism Forbidden. Deuteronomy 18 verse 9. It says, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for those nations which you shall dispossess. Listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. This is pretty basic instruction. I think this is all pretty understandable and uh readily agreeable. Israel was called out by God to worship him alone, to follow his law. They have entered into this covenant relationship with God, and the law is their constitution for the theocracy. And God says, look, you are to obey me by the words of the law. Don't take up the spiritual practices of the nations that you're driving out. They're being driven out because of these spiritual practices. They reject me and they embrace all these false notions of religion that aren't good, and he rejects that kind of worship. So he says to Israel, don't do what they're doing, but worship me alone, be blameless, and do as you're instructed in the law. So again, I think that's pretty agreeable, pretty obvious, not not a big surprise there. Um, the things there to avoid, as you saw in the text there, were uh, witchcraft, divination, uh, making their children pass through the fire. So today we could, you know, call that a, a late-term abortion. 
someone who interprets omens, sorcery, casting spells, all that kind of stuff, trying to interact with the dead. That's not what they're supposed to do. Okay. Well, let's keep reading. Verse 15, Deuteronomy 18, 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from among your countrymen. You shall listen to him. This is according to all that you asked of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. Let me not see this great fire any more, or I will die. If you missed that that uh, episode, I, I did do an episode on that back in, uh, let's see, that was Exodus uh, 18 through 20, the week of April 18th through the 24th. So actually not that long ago, about a month ago, uh, went over that where God met with them on the mountain and uh, really terrified them. And they said, if we hear God's voice, we're, we're just going to keel over. Well, God says because of their disposition in that way, he's going to raise up for them a prophet. Um, Moses was saying, a prophet like me from among your countrymen, and you shall listen to him. And uh, verse 16 that I just read, Moses says, this is according to you asking God, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. So uh, there's a prophet who's coming. All right, verse 17. The Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. You may say in your heart, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? Well, this is, here it is, verse 22. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not come about or come true, that is the thing which, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. So God is saying uh, very clearly here in a couple different verses, he's going to raise up a prophet from among their countrymen, an Israelite. And notice the singularity of this, a prophet, not multiple prophets. We know, of course, that there were multiple prophets in Israel's history, but God is not speaking of them. He's speaking of a particular person, a prophet. And this prophet will have the words of God in his mouth, and he is going to speak to the people all that he is commanded by the Lord. Hey, so that's that's very interesting. Um, God has, as he's issuing this promise, he has one person in mind. And he goes on to say, along with that, whoever will not listen to his words, that the prophet is going to speak in God's name, I myself, God says, will require it of him. There is a penalty for rejecting this prophet, for ignoring this prophet. There's going to be a penalty. Well, this is speaking of Jesus. There are a variety of places in the New Testament we could go where we see that this is speaking of Jesus. And uh, he is the great prophet who has come out of Israel 
and he is the one who came to only speak that which the Father had for him. That's what Jesus said. I, I don't speak of my own accord, but I speak only that which the Father gives me. That's in the Gospel of John. So this is speaking of Jesus. But now he goes on uh, to move beyond the focus of this coming prophet, and he's focusing on uh, false prophets. False prophets. Verse 20, The prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. All right. Well, um, there are certain prophets out there who are going to say, Yahweh told me this, that, or the other thing, when Yahweh actually never said that. And there are going to be prophets who will speak in the name of other gods, and that's what Deuteronomy 13 is going to talk about. We're going to jump back to that momentarily. Well, when that happens, when a prophet is lying about getting a word from the Lord, or when a prophet is encouraging the people to hear from other gods, so-called other gods, well, that prophet should face the death penalty, capital punishment. That prophet shall die. And of course, the test is, okay, well, we get the other gods thing, and again, we're going to come back to that. But how do we know if, if you've actually spoken to a prophet or not? And a very basic test, well, if a prophet says that something's going to happen and it doesn't happen, well, he's a false prophet. You don't need to be afraid of him. That's what he concludes with. You shall not be afraid of him. And that prophet, of course, shall be put to death. Well, let's um, compare this, join this with Deuteronomy 13. Deuteronomy 13, verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods, whom you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or uh, of that dreamer of dreams. Sorry, I was just getting a phone call. <laughs> you, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord, your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So let's stop right there. First is someone coming as a prophet, someone who arises among you. Okay. In Deuteronomy 18, we were talking about that same idea, a prophet arising from your countrymen. Well, someone who is an Israelite, a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, that's his title. And this person goes on to give a sign or a wonder. Gives a sign or a wonder. So not just someone who has that title and then doesn't do anything, but someone who's actually performing some sort of a miracle here. And it says, the sign or the wonder comes true. So not only is he performing some sort of miracle, not only is he making some sort of prophecy, not only is he you know, saying he got some sort of a vision, but actually, in reality, the things that he's saying are coming true. Okay, this is pretty amazing, because Deuteronomy 18 was saying the test is, you know, if, if it doesn't come true. Well, here it's if it does come true. And the prophet is saying, let us go after other gods. And it puts in parentheses here, whom you have not known, and let us serve them. Okay, so Deuteronomy 18 mentioned this very briefly, but uh, here we get it a little more in full. The prophet 
prophesied something and it came true, but then says, let us go after other gods and serve them. What do you do in such a situation? Well, the direction for the Israelites is you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. Yahweh is testing you if you to see if you love him. Furthermore, picking back, back up in verse 4, you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from among you. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then he goes on and you know gives other scenarios where people... Uh, entice the Israelites to follow other gods. Well, God's clear command here is, if someone is even performing miracles, someone is a prophet, someone says something that comes true, but he redefines who God is or gives you some sort of new message to believe that disagrees with what God has said, well, then that prophet shall be put to death. That prophet uh, is evil, and that prophet uh, should not be followed. That is what God is telling Israel. And I think this is uh, just really applicable, because there are a lot of people in life who claim to be prophets or dreamers of dreams. <laughs> you know, there are some who have been famous, but a lot who have not been famous. People who think they you know, have a message from God, and they perhaps have a message from God to start something new. This is typically how new religious movements begin, is people get some sort of a, a message, a spiritual message delivered to them, and then they go out and try to convince other people to follow them based on this vision. Islam is a great example. You had Muhammad go into the cave. There was some sort of special revelation going on, and, and he's a prophet that's leading a bunch of people. Uh, because a lot of people believed him. Well, according to Deuteronomy 13, why could Israelites have rejected Muhammad or someone like him? Well, because his definition of God varied, deviated from the revealed character and nature of God that God had given his people Israel. It says in uh, Romans chapter 3 that Israel was entrusted with the oracles of God, and so Israel received revelation from God. They were to know God, to walk with him, to serve him, to cling to him, it says in our passage. And so as they understood God's disclosure, self-disclosure, his revelation to them about his nature and character, they were to have their ears perked anytime somebody was to lead them astray from that message that they received. And Christians today, as, as we've been given more revelation, particularly the person and work of Jesus Christ, who, who came and started building a church, established apostles that have given us all kinds of revelation that we call the New Testament. We take what was given to us from Jesus and his apostles, and we say, uh, this is the revelation of God, and we look to adhere to this truth despite what other people may say. And we use both Old and New Testament together, the whole Bible, 
as a, as a grid, as a paradigm, as a worldview, as a lens through which we judge everything else. And so if there's someone who comes along and says, I've got this new idea, I've got a new gospel, we say no. In fact, in Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, if someone comes along and preaches a message that goes against what I've delivered to you, preaches a different gospel, even if it's an angel from heaven, such a person is to be accursed. You see, deviating, straying from the message that's been spoken and preserved by God, that's a very, very serious offense. And God would not give new revelation that contradicts previous revelation. Someone claiming to be a prophet and, say, and says, you know what, I actually, I, I've got... I've got new information. There are actually millions of gods, not just one God. Well, that directly, directly goes against God's revelation of himself. The, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is the, one of the most famous passages in all the Bible, the great Shema passage, what Israel was to hear, to listen to. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Over and over again in the Old Testament, we see there's but one God. If you read the uh, middle section, kind of middle section of Isaiah, starting in chapter 40, <clears throat> if you read through, uh, through that for a few chapters, over and over again, the singular God, Yahweh, is being contrasted with all of the other gods. In uh, Psalm 115, a very important psalm, it talks about the gods of men, but there's only one God who made the heavens, the one true God. And he sits in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. In the New Testament, you see that over and over again. Uh, Jesus talks about there being but one God. You see that in John 17, even in uh, the uh, model prayer, our Father, not our fathers, plural. God, Jesus is pointing us to monotheism. Paul in 1 Timothy 2.5, there is only one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So if someone comes along and says, there are, there are millions of gods out there that we are to uh, you know, understand as existing, and perhaps they would even say that we are to serve, we're, we're obligated to serve. No, we, we reject such a teaching, because that goes against God's revelation of himself. And even if such a prophet, self-designated prophet, comes along and says, uh, this is the case, millions of gods, and, and I'll prove it to you because I can prophesy other things and those things will come true. There'll be a lot of people who look around and say, wow, he, he, look, he prophesied that thing and he got that right and he prophesied that thing and he got that right. So surely he's also right when he says there are millions of gods. Well, the word of God here instructs us not to look at the miracles themselves or the, the fruition of the prophecy but look at the content of his message. Look at who he says God is. Is he in line with previous revelation? Because if he's not in line with previous revelation, he's not a prophet, even if some of those things come true. Wow. Wow, wow. Matthew chapter 7, that's another relevant passage in this discussion. And since we're here, maybe I'll just at the computer and I've got access to everything right here. I'll just go ahead and pull it up. Matthew chapter 7. Oh, I need to uh, switch to this. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, 
verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, and here's what I want you to to think about. On that day, many are going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So the mere fact that someone can prophesy, cast out demons, perform miracles, all in the name of Jesus Christ, the mere fact that people do that actually doesn't prove that they're worthy of following, doesn't prove that they're true prophets, really doesn't prove anything. It just proves that it's a thing that's happening. <laughs> it's, just, it's a part of reality. But should you listen to them? Should you follow them? Well, what's their doctrine? Is their doctrine in line with the revealed Word of God, revealed by God Himself and preserved by God Himself so that we can test everything that's out there in, that, in the world around us? If they're not in line with that, they're not worth following. Okay? Thanks for joining me today. Appreciate your time. If you have any comments or questions for me, you can reach out. would love to hear from you. God bless.